0: The Weekly Dish Podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at CommonGroundMinnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at Common Ground
1: Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month and it's, it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering like I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground Minnesota well this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers remember their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget check them out on Instagram at Common Ground M-I-N-N CommonGroundMinnesota.com we will eat on eat on the weekly dish. It's Dishers to My Talk 107.1. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hanson. Happy New Year! Yes, we're happy to be back on the air with you, friends. Woo-hoo. I got a little, uh, little message last night from someone on the Instagram saying, I can't wait to hear you ladies tomorrow. I know. So.
0: It has felt like we've been off for a long time, but, I mean, a lot has happened. <laughs> <laughs> what does your shirt say this morning?
1: Oh, it says, this is my best. Oh, I like it. This is my best, my friends. Thank is just, you for bringing me your best. Yes, this is my best, which is that like, you usually wear this with sweatpants while i'm laying on the couch and that is my best when i'm wearing the shirt and it's from my friend uh at lola red so i like it yeah it's one of my favorites so yeah here we are 2021 um started out okay you know how was the holiday (laughs) (laughs) yeah no holidays were great i think i think it was a wonderfully relaxing couple of weeks i kind of have to say
0: uh chris uh I was going to say Christmas small, holiday small, small holiday. I'm so over the portmanteau of all of that. Like, whatever that was, though, was strangely relaxing. Yeah. It was it quiet. Was, yeah. I guess it was, I was just immediate family. There wasn't the rushing around. I missed that.
1: I missed it. I, I did. And I didn't, my immediate family is spread so far that we didn't get to have immediate family. So, but I do think that there was the less of the pressure to see and do and be. Yeah. And that I, sort for of sure. was a that was a lovely sort of permission. You're right.
0: Yeah, for the oh smaller days was the word I used. Um, I I thought it was going to be a sad holiday, and it ended up to be a nice holiday. It really was. I yeah. got to spend it with perspective. Kurt, um, Ellie. Ellie's girlfriend, they stayed with us for three days. They arrived at our door with Ellie got all A's for the semester and her negative COVID test in hand. Great. And I was like, well, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. And Dolores, who is 87, waiting for her shot. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. Good. Did you have good food?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seemed I mean, like I you know. had some good food. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't, you know, I mean, and that was it. It was like more of a quality instead of quantity, you know? And so just potatoes on Christmas. I don't even remember. Was it New Year's? Was it Christmas? Christmas Day was, you know, potatoes in the... That was your
0: Hasselbeck potatoes. Yeah, I that was, was New York Times. Them. That was like... Yeah.
1: I And so many people made that, which it I was thought incredible. was incredible. And then, you know, New Year's was just New Year's. I don't know. It wasn't a big deal. As Christmas was going on
0: and I at this point had made like two meals and Dolores helped for sure but I was like oh popovers okay I have to do popovers and by that time I think I'd had a half a bottle of champagne by myself mm-hmm. yeah so I was just like okay That's I'm just, just going to relax in this situation <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah I don't know I I think it was I think it's been good and then this week you know it's like you turn into the January and you go you know, and I had a I had burn party, but I had it on Zoom. <laughs> hmm. So I had a very small group down at the fire pit. And then we uh, had the laptop down there and tried to Zoom people in. And we got probably through about 10 friends on the Zoom before we, you know, the internet in the cold. <laughs> was 17 degrees out at the fire pit. But, you know, it was. Uh, and so that was like, you know, resetting and good yeah. stuff. And then I felt like, OK, this is great. And then like and the next following days, there was. Like basically from the cool. my, my, no, well, before that I knew, I feel like, I feel like I should listen to the signs. There was like my internet crashed, my phone died, and then my car died all within a day. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Okay. And it was basically like I was, I went to the phone store after my internet at home had died. Cause then I was like using my phone for everything. And then it died. I went to the phone store. They fixed it after three hours of waiting. As I'm driving home, my car, and it starts chugging and I'm like, what? So I pulled into Youngsteads and that I love them, called Jake to come get me, and that was, and then it sat there for three days. Yeah. M- mouse nest. <laughs> it was a rodent's nest under the manifold. Chewed through. Again. Fuel injection. Last time they didn't do anything. This time they chewed through things and there were spark plug issues. And because, think about it, my car has been sitting for, I mean, you know, I don't, drive anywhere for like most of the week yeah Whereas i used to come downtown so funny every day
0: yeah because we've been taking to kind of starting our cars and yeah. moving them around a little yeah
1: no nope uh-uh so oh, i was boy. just basically i've had mouse house to the tune of 700 dollars. so that was a lovely new year so then i was like well i mean it's already i needed a redo already <laughs> and then all of a sudden i don't know democracy kind of fell and the revolution <laughs> the coup I mean we're not making light of it, obviously. But no. it's just that, that no, was No, we are not. The dry January is that got ruined. Yeah. Basically I feel like dry January starts for a lot of people now. Maybe this weekend? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe after inauguration, maybe they'll move it to February.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all
1: on the table. It's all it's all on the table. I like
0: for the first year was so proud of myself because I wasn't doing like crazy diets. I wasn't gonna do crazy dry January. Right. I was just gonna like I was going to do what you do, which is just to like practice daily restraint in the areas I need to. So I was like, just clean it up. I I was like, I don't, I'm not going to drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. And Sundays are like holiday because that's our Saturday because we don't work. Sure. So I had like this whole plan in my head. I started doing daily yoga and it was, I was, started waking up at six o'clock again. Like I was really on a roll. Yeah. And that day I just crashed and, I I was at one point laying horizontally, eating chocolate covered almonds, (laughs) crying Uh, in my bed with CNN on. My husband's in the other room because at this point he's yelled at me because, of course, that's what you do when you're under stress as a couple. You start yelling at each other. And and I'm I'm not being quiet enough when he's listening to Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. I'm like yelling at the TV. Yeah. And he I can imagine he's over there sobbing. In He's your house sobbing. You. So I'm just... I'm I'm horizontal. <laughs> I have a glass of wine, and it's, I'm not going to lie, like the sixth. Yeah. And the chocolate-covered almonds, and I can barely lift my head up to pop them in my mouth without choking. Okay. And I thought, this, this is, is a real That low. might be a bottom.
1: <laughs> that might be a bottom. Maybe not the bottom. <laughs> so the next day, <laughs> right. I started to get it together a little bit, and... You know what's yeah. funny? Is as much as I you know, put out the tweet of giving everybody a hall pass for dry January. I didn't drink that night. I didn't. My sister didn't either. i was I, so proud I, of her. I actually kind of forgot. I kind of just, I was in 100% full Twitter consumption, you know? And then I was passing information to people like who are not as big of Twitter people as I am. And I am going to be, I don't know. I, I
0: was on Twitter a lot yesterday again. And I was like, wow, I've seen such, oh, I've seen so much on Twitter. That has just burned into my brain. I feel like I need to take a serious break.
1: I would tell you that... uh, So the funny thing is, is like I literally was going to come today with this really great post from Alicia Kennedy, who is one of my favorite sub-stackers. You know, she's one of the newsletter people that I follow. And she's uh, a food writer who lives in Puerto Rico, but she's totally like the du jour. She's like the food sub-stacker that everybody follows, right? So she wrote this wonderful thing about like what social media has become to her and how she has to disconnect from it and how she's working hard to realign it in the way that she needs it. What it originally was, was she was like, I used to post beautiful pictures of food and it was like, it could be this really great, you know, easy thing. And now it's become this job and it's become this whole, you know, thing. And she's like, and the funny thing that resonated with me is something that when I post a picture of a food and I make a, you know, some witty comment or whatever i like to think it's witty then i and people go recipe that is that's that's a weight like that's a now you've made this into like i owe you something and i know that you dishers do that and i'm fine with it but it is just you know like for me to then have to like come up with a recipe that i have to write out to give to you that's a lot for and that's a trigger yeah
0: because <laughs> i don't have that like I, i'm like
1: oh service journalism like i need to provide this recipe i need to type it up i need to give them a link i need to yeah no, and I have that too. I mean, like that's service. That's I am a service journalist, but I'm saying like that's the problem is that social media isn't that service journalism is actually journalism. where It's a job where you get paid, you know, and so this is this hard thing. And I, I recognize that when she said that, that it becomes this burden and then it becomes like, well, then I don't want to post things because I don't want to have to owe you something instead of it just being here's a gift of a beautiful picture. It's a weird transactional thing yeah. that has turned a lot of this stuff into where you just want to give something out into, or you want to put something in the space, in the world, something pretty, and it becomes someone else's property. And that is an interesting thing because that's the same thing with opinions. It's the same thing with interactions, whereas you put a thing out there that you believe and then it becomes is property because they comment and they ask and they, and it's like, it's, and they're like, well, you put it out here. You want the interaction. And it's like, do I? Wasn't I just... I don't know. It's a different thing that it used to be is I guess what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely something that's weighing on my mind. Yeah. I don't know quite where I'm at with it. Um, I I do social media for companies as well as for myself, so... I can't just t- turn it off. Yeah, but I feel like I need to get real with what I'm using it for and what my boundaries are and yeah. I'm not there yet.
1: Well, and that's the thing is like and there's I you know, I I sort of I don't ever block people. I really don't. I really haven't. And um I have this I have recently because I've decided when someone comes at me with you're a food critic, stay in your lane or pump the brakes, then I I just block you.
0: Yeah, yeah I There's
1: that. All right. So there you go. We have a lot of good content today. We're Coming- not going to talk about this all the two hours. No, we You're probably super sick not. of it. No, we are super not. In fact, we're going to talk about restaurants and the update on the restrictions and what's going on around town. I can't wait to tell you what
0: Ellie got me for Christmas, too.
1: Okay. It's amazing. All right. Well, well, we got that. We've got some cocktail discussion. We've got a lot of soup talk at the second hour. You guys So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. We are the Weekly Dish on My Talk one, brought to you by Hornitos.
0: Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen from Weekly Dish, and I just moved from St. Paul to a single-family home in Golden Valley. And I've bought and sold three homes in the last five years, so you'd think I'd be an expert, but I'm not. The real experts are Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty at CarrieAndSue.com. They will help you find the home that's right for you. When I bought my home, it was very stressful. We wrote three purchase agreements and I dumped one home after inspection because it just wasn't right for me. When it was time for the final walkthrough in Golden Valley on the house that we did buy, there was a small issue that came up. And I remember Sue telling me, don't worry, I won't let you buy this house if we can't get this resolved. And I believed her, and the transaction got completed on time with the final adjustments we needed. Sue had so much experience and is really respected in her field. And when you're making such a huge purchase, you want to work with experienced agents. Kiri is super responsive. I never felt like I had to wait for her to get back to me. They're a small but mighty team, and we drove all over the Twin Cities looking for my perfect home. Kiri was so great. She showed me three homes one afternoon, and I didn't even have an appointment scheduled. Another time, she called agents that worked a particular neighborhood I was interested in to see if any houses were coming on the market soon so if you're selling your home or want to downsize call carrie elkston sue durfee at lakes area realty that's c-a-r-r-i-e at carrieandsue.com oh i
1: will hold on to the afterglow hey everybody welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us on this very first saturday of well I mean, I guess it's our first Saturday of 2021.
0: It's so beautiful out too. the horse. Is it horse frost? Is that what we can call it? H-O-A-R. Okay. Sorry.
1: That's okay. (laughs) I was worried about saying it this morning too, but it literally out by me before the sun had come out. It looks like the sun shining now a little bit. It looked like the world was trying to erase itself. Like it was just almost like, that's a cool way to describe it. It was just, everything was white. And then against the, you know, against like the lake, when you were looking at when I was driving by the lake, the trees against the lake, it just looked like everything was disappearing. It was wonderful. I just love it, um hey, guess what? We had something else happened this week <laughs> besides <laughs> besides everything on t v was of course the fact that there was a new uh, on the same day actually, there was a lifting of the restrictions against restaurants yes. because of the covid, so we want to talk a little bit about that and what that means, so the governor went on and announced that they were loosening the restrictions. Um, And that the numbers have gone down so significantly that they thought it was, you know, that it was okay. We're down below a five percent average again. And that's the lowest it's been since September. Um, And so I know that a lot of people feel conflicted about this, that they have opened, that restaurants are going to be allowed to open on Monday at 50 percent capacity, up to 150 people in a space. Um, The ruling is that, of course, the 10 the 10 p.m. curfew is still in place and that means that you have to be, the restaurant has to be done with service and everybody has to be out by 10.
0: Oh, so last call will be 9.15. Yeah, so
1: we, I know, understand that you probably like an 8 p.m. reservation is what you're going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to walk in at 9.30 and be like, oh, I'm going to sit here. I know that you close at 10, but you know, in the past yep. you could do that. You can't do that. They have to be done with food service and you have to be out of the establishment by 10 p.m. And then the and that also applies to like breweries and cocktail rooms. Everything, yeah. 10 p.m. curfew, everything everywhere. But there is takeout can go on longer, so the kitchens can be working. Like if they if you like a pizza shop, yeah. If someone has takeout at you know 11:30, that's fine. I don't know anybody who does, but (laughs) but um, they can. And then um yeah outdoor is available you can do outdoor service like normal 150 people capacity i think outside on your patio as well uh outdoor events can happen if you're up to 250 yep up to 250 or 25 percent capacity capacity and um you know you still have to be six feet apart the tables you can have up to six people at a table in any of the this this sort of situation so that's kind of the deal. A lot of people... Here's the deal with the... Uh, he did release... The governor did loosen the bar uh, restrictions, which he had in place, you know, in November. Um, although the mayor, Fry, who had earlier set a restriction on bar sitting in Minneapolis doubled down on his restriction this week. He did release a statement that said in Minneapolis, even though the state is now open for sitting at the bar, as long as your parties of two and six feet apart, Minneapolis itself is still going to hold on because they're worried about the uh, new year's Eve kind of stuff to still to come. They did say that they are going to review it in two weeks.
0: And I think it's important to add that Edina and Minneapolis have capped the delivery apps, Commissions at fifteen percent.
1: Yes, and I think that's a marvelous thing. I don't know why that's not done all over. I don't know. Is I don't it... know why that's a city by city. I thing. wondered if it's even legal. Yeah, to to cap it. Yeah. Well, they've been doing it all over the country. I yeah, mean, like it's interesting. many cities across the country have done it, and I just don't know why that's not a mandated thing from statewide i don't know i don't know i don't ever use those i never use them because yeah, i don't we believe
0: Here's used thing. to but we've stopped since this whole coronavirus because i don't i didn't realize the amount of difference yeah. in pricing
1: and this was a weird thing i have to tell you that i just got a email from because i was signed up for doordash because i used it yep. for an article and i did get um i did get an email saying that they're they said something like 30 percent off pickup so like why would doordash why would i use doordash for pickup and why would they be giving me a discount for it? That made me worried. If I'm making an order through their website to pick up, like I'm going to go get it yep. and bring it home and they're giving a discount on that. Why are they getting any money from that whatsoever? Like why?
0: Because you use their platform.
1: And I, that's what I'm saying is like if I don't know why anybody would ever schedule a pickup through DoorDash that seems well, to me a lot of really the ridiculous. restaurants like have apps all the work
0: or websites there some of them are using toast which is a lot more i think almost
1: every restaurant in operation now has a website to order through whether it's toast or chow now or something like that or their own you know what i mean yep yep but that's interesting i was i was surprised that somebody would do that which yeah you, it to is go interesting. Pick up through somebody else like that like i don't know so anyway, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, I think that just to give you some context about how the restaurant industry is feeling. That's what I want to know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, I did a bunch of phone calling all through the week because we all knew that it was coming. We all knew that it was you know, going to be released and then it was released on Wednesday morning. Um, Before the presser and then the presser at 2 was very quick because it was you know, everything was happening of, yeah. in the world um, But it was interesting. So I had been talking to people about like are you going in? Are you not you know, and there was definitely the level of people who are very excited to open and there You can see it across, you know, the platform if you look on any social media a lot of people are You know ready to take reservations. They were they're They're just gonna be ready by Monday or Tuesday is um, it Tuesday that it changes? No, you could, I mean, Monday, I think is, okay. as as Monday, it expires on Monday, so by Monday night, and no one's gonna, end, no one's gonna, like, True. you know, come at you if you're, if it's supposed to be Tuesday and you're open on Monday, I right. don't think. Um, so, the idea is that they're they're trying to, they were either doing a lot of good takeout already and they're kind of ready to go. Billy Sushi is one of the ones I think about, Billy is always, you know, he's he was already raring to go, he was doing private You know, party takeout things for yeah. Red cow, red rabbit. We're ready too. Yeah, they're all ready. So they were going to go and they're going. Yeah. So that's so. There's definitely that level. Then there's the next level of the people who are like, well, okay. So it's January. I don't really know if we're going to be ready to just like go full force because we don't really know what the guest reaction is going to be to that.
0: Because in a lot of past Januaries, there's three things. There's people dieting and trying to recover from the excess of the holiday. There's people doing dry Januaries that it's harder to probably do a dry January if you're out and about at restaurants with your friends. And there's also usually really inclement weather in January, really cold snaps, lots of snow. Solar
1: vortex, man. Yep. Like every time that happens, people stay home and then they don't order out. And, you know, there's the budget thing, too. People are and that is something that I think a lot of people are actually thinking about because it is it does cost more to do takeout. Yeah. And it's
0: more this year than it was this time last year, for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think that people are tending to feel like they need to tip more, which is wonderful. But then that factors into your feeling about can I do dinner? I would rather tip. And have dinner, then not tip and... Me too. You know, so then there becomes, but then it's like, well, but I can't afford to do this twice this week. And
0: I made Kurt, I was like, you cannot tip less than 25% if you are doing any ordering or coffee or whatever you're doing. And he was like, well, like, that's expensive. I was like, yes, that is. And that's our rule is our house until this passes and we can revisit. But, and so we now... He's he's like, here's ten dollars for my cup of coffee. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Like so, he's trying to be so good.
1: So people are going to so people are going to either be worrying about should they open? They're trying to figure it out. They're going to give it a couple weeks. People like, you know, handsome hog. You know, Justin Sutherland is opening handsome hog. And he said, I'm going to he's like, but it takes two weeks to get our food back up and running you know they have to cure meats and they have to do all this kind of stuff so well, let's
0: break and come back because I want to hear more of what your okay. I want to hear more of what your list is and I've got a few i got questions about
1: okay great we'll be right back
0: Stephanie Hansen here with Steph March, and we are bringing you into your uh, beautiful Saturday. It's a little gray and a little whore frosty, but it's very pretty. It's very pretty. Very okay. Pretty. Can I ask you a couple questions? Okay. I know you talk to all these restaurateurs. Yeah. Have we heard anything from Isaac Becker and Nancy about their places?
1: No. We have okay. not heard anything about them officially. I had like a sad, like, oh, those
0: a lobster eggs on bruschetta and the yeah. dry rubbed ribs. And I wrote, the
1: yeah, I posted a little wine. I went back into my spaghetti. files and I found, uh, I was looking at some stuff. I was realizing that I have stuff from 2010. You guys, I have stuff from right 11 years ago that we've written, you know, on my computer. And I, I popped into an old file and was looking at my openers and I was like, wow, here's one that references Bar La Grassa, Piccolo and modern cafe like all those yep. three places none of them exist anymore really
0: and, all gone yeah
1: and that's i mean but the thing is is that it's that's 11 years ago i know and it is so the turn of the business that's the churn and this is the part of it is like for me i i'm not saying i want restaurants to close i'm just saying restaurants have always closed and so then you know part of it is this this wheel of of turning and and i don't want there to be the ones that i love but i never do i never want the ones i love to close so
0: Um, Meritage, I'm assuming, do you know anything about them?
1: Well, they've been, they were open a little bit at Christmas. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're not open right now though. No, but they're fine. Okay. I mean like they're not, they, you know, all right, they're fine. Let's just leave that at that. Okay. They're fine. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying they're doing great. Let's be clear on something. Everybody in the industry right now is treading water. If they're open, they are doing it in a way that they are meeting their needs, but they are not. They are not thriving. And will Keg and
0: Case get to open as a market because they're under those weird laws that they haven't been able to actually be open?
1: I didn't. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Because they're
0: considered some sort of event space. Not it's a it's a do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't realize that they were. They're under like open. a different set of rules for whatever reason, and I'm kind of talking out of my you know what here. So I didn't realize something that. to research. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Say I thought the they had stuff. But. I thought
1: it was like a choice that they were just not opening their space.
0: But yeah, no, I don't think so. And Ashley, if you're listening, maybe just text me so we yeah. know what the scoop is. I know that
1: Ashley had said has said publicly that she's choosing to not be open. Like yeah. she knows it's the right thing, and that's as we were talking about before in the last segment about what restaurants are doing with actually old
0: science ice cream sorry
1: yes um that one after you know the people who are kind of gearing up giving it some time there are still people who are not going to open let's be clear there are people like tori ramen tweeted out a great i saw that that they said you know we're just it's not right for us and we don't want and for us what we believe is that this is the wrong decision to open and and so we would like to say that Continue to support us through takeout because we're just not going to do the opening thing. right? So there are and there are places like that. There are places that are going to say, you know, I think Zenbox isn't going to open either. You right. know, they're just going to do takeout. So that kind of thing is. And I respect all of that because I believe that, you know, there's but there is a different feeling for some reason. Now, this is interesting like, in the last, you know, round, when they, you know, when we were dealing with, you know, going from, our, will people, when patios started closing, the big discussion is, will people go inside? And restaurants were very wary about that. And it seemed like everyone was trepidatious. I feel like everyone is like, let's go. We're opening back up. We have reservations available. And people are like, yeah, I'm going to eat inside. I feel like they've missed it so much that now they're not worried as much. I feel... For me personally,
0: because I've thought a lot about it, I'm still not going into indoor restaurants for dining. I'm concerned about the new strain. I'm concerned about my Which personal- isn't here in
1: Minnesota yet. They have not reported it in Minnesota, I, right? Yes, it's right. not officially been reported. Okay.
0: Um, I, I think also- it's important to just say that. Yeah, of course. I also, just for my personal health and my husband's health, just feel like for us and taking care of Dolores, it's not Right. Right. So we're just gonna hold. Yeah, but I have to say, I am starting to have very vivid fantasy dreams about eating out. Like, I just miss it incredibly, and and I miss, I miss the experience that you don't get in a takeout environment. It's just different.
1: No, it's. I miss my food is not as good as I will. I mean, I'm okay to say that it's not as good.
0: Not usually, no.
1: No, and I'm I. I'm going to continue to get it and continue to eat yeah. it happily because it's mostly something I don't have to cook. And sometimes, wow, I really I don't. Know. Want People to cook. are
0: just sick of the cooking. Yeah,
1: but uh, I was interested in Marco Zappia
0: wrote a piece for Eater, I believe it was yeah. that just talked about how cocktails to go is still something that Minnesota could do to help some of these distilleries, cocktail rooms, restaurants. He really, I thought, laid out a great case for it with the margins and how they can package these cocktails now
1: so that it's not like you're driving home with a mason jar full of alcohol. Yeah, it never has been. And that's the weird thing about all of this. But, I mean, in truth, there's so much political... Gook around why. In the three tier system, you know, there's a lot of worry of cutting out distributors, and that includes, you know, Teamsters and stores. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. And so there, people are worried about how things go from one to another. Um, and I think that that is, you know, with the breweries especially, they're also pushing a separate bill through. You know, Marco referenced that there was an amendment to the legislation that was just up and that's the amendment for the breweries and distilleries is what crashed. To uh, to go cocktails for restaurants. And I agree with that. I think that's exactly what happened. Well, the breweries and the distilleries have now submitted their own legislation separately and they're willing to fight for it on their own. And I think that bodes well. Like if they fight for that and deal with that on their own, because they want to be able to sell larger brewers, want to be able to not be 1.5 liters. Yeah. yeah, And they want to be, yeah, they're right now they can sell small things and they can smell, they can sell uh, limited amounts and they want to be able to have those restrictions lifted. Um, and they, you know, I do think that that bodes well for the cocktails to go on the retail side from, because I mean, it's funny to me. And one of the things he pointed out was really interesting. Liquor stores can easily get an off an on-premise license, which is what they use to to sample. You know, you can sample, you remember, you can go into your liquor store and you can try a bunch of stuff and all that, you know, that's part of this on-premise thing. Um, And so they can get that really easily, but bars can't get off-premise even remotely closely. And that's a weird thought. I really don't think,
0: too, and maybe I'm naive, I just don't think it's going to impact liquor stores, I just don't.
1: Well, you and I deal with the psychographic nature of it, so we know how people consume, and I think that that's something that they don't consider in the legislature. They are looking at numbers of data, and they're looking at revenue sources and streams and all this stuff, and we tend to know more about the actual way that people consume, and you're right. I don't think that most people are going to stop buying bottles of liquor from their liquor store because they're now buying, you know, a, um, <laughs> a jar of Manhattans. Yeah, I think if you're at a distillery
0: and you're visiting the cocktail room, you might take something to go. Yeah, you might uh, p- pick up. You might stop on your way home. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of a different experience.
1: But I, I super love his point, too, that if this becomes a thing, we should keep it on because here's what happens then. If you are sitting at a bar and you're like, "Whoa, I have. I got to stop drinking, but like I want, you know, I really would want one more, you know, and then you can take your cocktail to go and have it at home. So you drive home safely when you're not, you know, you haven't hit that point where it you is need to be Weird leveled. that
0: we're limiting people's ability to have these cocktails at home. Yeah. Cause you're safest at home.
1: Yeah. From a driving perspective, it's a DWI perspective, yeah, When you really break it down, in, again, into the lifestyle of it, into the psychographic nature of who and what are consuming these, is it any different than, and, and why is it different for me to be able to pick up a can of beer with my takeout or a bottle of wine with my takeout, but I can't pick up a cocktail? Yeah, because
0: if you're that person cocktail? that's going to drink it on the way home, it won't matter what it is yeah. or where you got it or who it is. Right. I yeah, mean, it that's is weird.
1: It is a strange idea. I don't understand <clears> it. I thought that was
0: just an interesting... Can I tell you real quick what Ellie got me for Christmas? yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I just think it was amazing. Okay, Christmas morning, or Christmas Eve, she comes over. She was supposed to be there at 5. She just texts me at 6. We'll be there at 6.30. I'm like, oh, I've got like food planned, right? She walks in. She's got a steamer basket. And inside the steamer basket are dumplings they've made. Yeah, And they gave me like the chopsticks and the little cup like this the whole thing I have a picture of it and I haven't been able to post it I can post it now because they got it for me they got it for Sadie my niece they got it for Kate's parents but so they as a couple made dumplings for everybody and put them in these little baskets and oh,
1: like that you got to keep the steamer basket and everything yeah. else. oh great and then
0: like two nights later or three nights later I guess it was the 30th we made them
1: So they were not cooked, these dumplings? They were
0: all prepared, but not cooked. Okay. And we left them out on the porch to be frozen or whatever the porch is doing outside. Yep. And then we put the steamer basket in, we cooked them, we made the little sauce. They were amazing. Like one of them, first of all, I can't believe people can make dumplings like this that are real people.
1: (laughs) Dude, I make dumplings all the time. I know,
0: but like Tammy Wong is great at dumplings. But like my daughter, Ellie, like making these pleated... They were like pinwheels and then one was like a purse and then it had sesame seeds in the bottom on the bottom of yeah. it when you fried it. Yeah. So we steamed them and then we fried a couple of them to give it that crispy edge. It was just, I thought, a great gift idea. I loved it so much. And I was real proud of her. And it was just great. It was like... I love that. We had a whole night where we just looked at these dumplings as we were eating them. Like, oh my gosh, our kid
1: made these. I know. That's really sweet. Yeah, and just Especially since you used to worry. If we think back 10 years and you were like, dude, there are nothing but chip bags (laughs) under her bed. She is not going to eat. She's not going to be an eater. I'm like, she's going to be an eater. She'll be So funny. And then my
0: niece who my sister's like, you have too many chip bags under your bed. I was like, oh boy,
1: you're going to be okay. Just let it go. Yeah. No, um, I love that. I love that Ellie did that, and that's that is a great gift. I said I, I would pay
0: you to make these for me well, once a month. By the way, let
1: me just say to people. I mean, I've been making dumplings all year. I'm not saying like, oh, I've been making them. That has been one of the best things that I learned to do. That has been one of the most I think I need joyous a class. things. Well, you don't even need to take a class. Just like I don't know, I made sourdough bread. I know, finally. But I'm saying like, all you have to do is go buy the wrappers. You can start by buying wrappers. One time wrappers, yeah. United Noodle. I mean, my God, they're in all the grocery stores too. I know. And just do that. That way, seriously, it's a really fun way of doing it. Well done, Ellie. Seriously. Yeah, it was pretty great. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, it is going to be the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. So give us a call six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk one zero seven one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to a Weekly Dish on My Talk one zero seven one. So this so is the Ask so Stephanie portion of the show, which means we want you to give us a call at six five one six four one one zero seven one and ask us. All the questions or give us your opinions chit chat about what you are excited about. I will tell you that they put up on the Facebook page. The question of the day is, what are you do you have a food goal for twenty twenty one? In terms of, I did it, mine
0: sourdough. Yours is I'm late sourdough to the party, but it straight worked up, great. Straight up, man. Yeah, you are all set on your food goal as being sourdough. Yeah, and I, Kurt, got me some starter that was dehydrated in a little packet. Yeah, and I've been feeding it for. I fed it for five days and watered it and fed it and it got bloomed. Yes, and then I made bread and I was like wow this really can happen yes
1: I love it there's a lot of things on here people are talking about to listen to what my body truly needs and not what will numb me that's a good one that's a really good one Regina uh, Kathy says she'd like to learn how to make pierogi Bill wants to eat more pierogies. King- are fun yeah Bill wants to eat more king crab but there's all sorts me of good too. stuff on here so I love that so go ahead and, on the Facebook and give us your food goal we want to know it we do have a caller on the line we have Colleen hi Colleen hey Colleen what's going on Hi, I was just wondering, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned a restaurant in
0: St. Paul that had the best Brussels sprouts, and I can't remember the name.
1: I think we're talking about uh, Prajarito. Prajarito. Yeah. Because they tend to do the Elote-style Brussels sprouts, which we can't stop eating. <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, and they're open, you know, both St. Paul and Edina, and they have, uh, they're going to do dine-in this week, and they have takeout available. And they're crispy, blackened And yeah, open on Monday? I'm sorry? You'll be open on Monday? I believe you might want to check their socials, but it's either Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And you can get takeout, too. They have them for takeout. But you can get them takeout right now. Can you spell the name? Sorry. P-A-J-A-R-I-T-O. Pajarito.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. yeah, Yeah, here's a little tip. If they have, and I don't know if they have, but if they
1: have the sweet potato on the menu they're doing that now oh
0: get that too because that's delicious
1: uh 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a jingle as a self-proclaimed here's a question that came in Steph as a self-proclaimed carnivore I need to eat get some
0: more veggies in my life any suggestions on the best veggie cookbooks out there uh, but also, isn't it so fun to have so many cool cookbooks now? Visually <laughs> satisfying and amazing content. I've never purchased so many as I have in the last year. Or so it yeah, is fun.
1: I love that. Hey, I'm and I'm going to do a whole segment on this next week, actually, okay. because I think this is a really great topic. But I wanted to say that the funny thing is, is I was waiting for my car and I popped over to Barnes and Noble and I was looking at the magazines. And I will tell you that I kind of love the vitality of the magazines in January because there, it's all about healthy cooking and it's all about how to get you know, recipes into your or vegetables into your life so i would say eating well is a great magazine to pick up you know yeah and real simple has a lot of vegetable forward yeah also and, moosewood
0: cookbook is an old one yeah but they do a lot with veggies
1: yeah and that's the thing is like i'm thinking about like how we're cooking these days and i'm thinking i have i mean there's a lot of great veggie forward cookbooks um but i'm kind of like i want what's like the zeitgeist. You know what I mean. I want to be like, what are people eating now? And that's one thing that magazines can help well, give you. Well, and John
0: Whippley's venison cookbook has some of the best sides. Oh, really? Recipes in there of vegetables, like, which is crazy because yeah, it's a venison it's a cookbook. Meat cookbook, but he's got some great veggie sides in there.
1: And I think that there's a easy. There's some easy ways to get veggies in your life for sure, mm-hmm. and that's what I think we'll talk about it next week because it's so interesting. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about some of the restaurants that have outside bars. People want to know. Uh, where you can drink outside at bars and restaurants that have heaters. I smack shack. People have been
0: eating at this. They've got the infrared, whatever those heaters are that they have in Montreal. Yeah. People are out there in T-shirts. Yeah. In 30 degree weather saying it's perfectly warm. So I would try that.
1: Yep. And uh, I was at, I mean, Gianni's and Lisetta is one that has been packed. I drove by on New Year's Eve and I was like, God love you people. Honestly, everybody's out there in their snowsuits and the, you know, it's really great. Um, I'll tell you that, uh, prize brewing, which is in your old building is right by the river. It's a great brewery that has pizza and beer and it's, they've got fire pits galore. I hear nothing but wonderful things about Waldman brewing up yes, at, but they're in great Saint in St. Paul. They've, they've do got sausages like, and they've basically got like a wall of heaters around the entire patio and those
0: people are so nice
1: they really are yeah
0: really great German nice. beer great German sausages to, that's
1: like that was mine
0: and Kurt's jam we'd go to bad weather have a beer then we'd go to Waldman have a beer we'd have a sausage oh
1: I love this idea and then we'd walk home you can still well you can't anymore Nope. um but out by you Uda yes. over in Bryn Mawr has a wonderful patio that people so have going Mill to Mill City
0: Kitchen I've been cross-country skiing at Theodore Worth Park and boy, they are set up. They've got bands outside. They've oh, got yeah? heaters. Yes, they are full. If you go to Theater Worth Park, it yeah. is full on outdoor winter there.
1: Yeah, no. And they are yeah because everybody is outdoors right yep. now. And because God love January right now. I mean, the fact that we are in a 30 degree, 20 to 30 degree lull. I mean, you guys, this is normally the the 10s. This is, you know, the ones the last couple of years we've had zeros, yeah, and the outdoor
0: skating, too, Oh my God. has so been great at Centennial Lakes. And there's a, a path in Egan that goes through the woods. Oh, I love that we went one. skating up in Ely on one of these lakes that some local person has decided to just plow. It was
1: great. Yeah. There's also uh, in Shorewood, they have the carousel. Have you seen the carousel? Yes. The ice carousel. Yep. I love that. Um, also, they have, now we're on to like skating and things <laughs> like that, but the outdoor activities are Snow amazing. Snowshoes, I have those. Yeah. Uh, out at the Arb, you know, they have that. They have uh, snowshoeing and all sorts of stuff. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but this is a thing that I was going to do in Top Two, but I'll do it now. Is the Arboretum, if you're thinking about planning your garden, the Arboretum's horticultural library is open and you can make a reservation to go. And they have, Uh, hundreds of 2021 seed catalogs you can peruse and then they have garden planning books they have all sorts of crazy things if you need something to like set your mind forward and then they have a new exhibit right now about seasonal comfort food that like recipes and all sorts of stuff so you can plan your garden and then you can sort of plan your dinner and your eating plan
0: I like it it's really good I did get a seed catalog from Burpee and it was like
1: I know I'm telling you like planning the garden is big and it's like it's a hope thing Hey, we have Shannon on the line. Hey, Shannon, what's going on today? Hi, I just wanted to put a plug in for Heather's in South Minneapolis. Yes, um, they have a big
0: tent set up there for outdoor eating, good and dining.
1: And I, I love them. And I was going to tell. That's a really great one too. And are they, they on Chicago and? Uh, yeah. Yes, I okay. think so. Like, yeah, Heather's is. Forty yeah, it's like forty eighth or 49th. Okay. and it's like basically they have this huge tent. They've got chandeliers. Fifty two oh one Chicago Avenue. Okay, fifty two oh one Chicago, and it's an all day breakfast. I mean, like you can get all sorts of food breakfast. at Heather's. I, I know miss breakfast. It's good. That's what's your favorite thing to eat there, Shannon? Honestly, I haven't been there yet, but I hear so many good things. I want to get over there. Oh, okay. all right. Thanks all right. for right. sharing. Thanks for the rec, Shannon. Um, Also, I hear Italian Eatery has the infrared heaters as well. Okay. Somebody said that. That's over by Nicomas. Yeah. So that's South Minneapolis thing too. Um, Yeah. Lots of great patios once you really kind of look around. Um, We did have a call or we have this one. This is an email we got about someone saw something on YouTube called Sorted. Have you seen this? No. I didn't um, either.
0: They've the show they've made and reviewed restaurant kits from different restaurants in London. And then they make the kit. So she was thinking that might be something that would be good to do in Minneapolis-St. Paul uh, places doing meal kits.
1: Yeah, and there's meal kits every... I mean, I guess she was looking for... Are there people doing meal kits or was she looking for like people who are reviewing meal kits?
0: Uh, She's looking for people that are in St. Paul offering meal kits. Oh, okay. Because the food doesn't travel as well in to-go situations. Yeah. He was well. There's yeah. lots of meal kits. I did the <laughs> Red Rabbit pizza meal kit. I there's, or th- there's Travail has a meal well, kit. Like Grand
1: Cafe is the best example in my mind. Yeah, of their meal.